Just a quick warning that we are probably going to be talking about abortion and existentialism and some death throughout this song. Um, so if you're not okay with that, then just skip these next couple episodes. Sparkling ring for every finger I'll put away and hide from view. final part of our discussion on this sweet sweet song and hope you sweet sweet listeners enjoy this sweet sweet song sweet discussion that's all it is it's just sweet (laughs) (laughs) although we have the transcription on and it just transcribed (laughs) song is thong (laughs) enjoy this sweet thong you guys (laughs) oh that's so funny i did it again oh lord i will change that later okay bye okay bye (laughs) do you want to read the next one yes she sings and i do not know if you know just what you have done you are the sweetest one i have ever laid my eyes upon so i have minimal notes for this one as well but Mm -hmm. my interpretation is just like that this baby like just by being present and alive and having been born and having grown in with the mama has like enabled our narrator to have some kind of like hope again it like has like re it's like given her life it's reborn her (laughs) in a way that maybe is a little parallel to the birth of the baby Mm mm-hmm yeah, that this baby who is born, you know, without <laughs> without so much, like, brings, carries the weight of so much hope yes. for our narrator. Yeah. Like, this, the birth of this child has such a significant um, role in the development of our narrator. Um, like, who knows what would have happened without Esme? Right. Where where would our narrator be if Esme is giving um, such a change in perspective, such a chance for hope and introspection? Um, yeah. And the only other note I have is like, it's just so funny because obviously like this baby isn't aware <laughs> of their own existence and they're like, it's such a funny thing to say. It's its own effect on people their own effect on people like yeah of course they don't know what they have done right (laughs) newborn baby yeah Yeah. and maybe that's something you can express to them in the future but like right now no yeah actually now that i think about it maybe it's maybe this is sort of a song to esme who is now a little older but who Mm -hmm. our narrator was there to see born so like maybe 
it's possible for her to know what she's done because she's a little older now that the song is being written, maybe. I, I don't know. That's yeah. just me. Because there's also a line that sort of confused me later when she says, uh, you've got the run of the place now that you're running around. And I was like, is she literally running around or is she, you know, running around in the way that a newborn baby would, which is like not running at all. Toddle, toddle, toddle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I also just love like the introduction here to the word sweet that we get because obviously that comes up over and over in this song and just like leaning into that imagery of just like this little fucking baby being just like so sweet. It's like the same, like little babies and children and like animals, you really can just get like so inspired by their like pure, like un- tainted from the burdens of the world's sweetness they're just like these like very hard to describe but yeah sweet things (laughs) yeah agreed and you are the sweetest one i have ever laid my eyes upon is just like such an honest um such an honest thing to say Mm -hmm. it's such a loving thing to say it's filled with so much love yeah oh it's so nice i will say that's the least amount of words we've ever said about (laughs) (laughs) it no it's crazy it is straightforward though i mean we could like define what the word no means, but that takes mm-hmm. a long time. Is it justified true belief? Is it not? <laughs> Philosophy jokes. Anyway. Um, yeah. Do you have more to say about this verse? I don't. I nope. don't either. Uh, okay. Then she sings. It's a beautiful town with the rain coming down. Blackberry, rosemary, jimmy crack corn. You've got a run of the place now that you're running around. And may kindness, kindness, kindness abound. A-bound. <laughs> um, what to say? What to say? I have a zillion things about blackberries. Yes, say those things. Blackberries um, have been used in Christian art to symbolize spiritual neglect or ignorance. Um, Mid-Mediterranean folklore claims that Christ's crown of thorns was made of blackberry thorns um, and that the deep color of the berries can represent Christ's blood. Um, A legend also exists where the blackberry was once beautiful but was cursed by Lucifer when he fell into the bush when forced out of heaven. Um, some folklore associates the blackberry with bad omens. European stories have claimed that they are death fruits. Mm. They can symbolize sorrow or haste. Um, in Greek mythology, um, Bellerophon, a mortal, tries to ride Pegasus to Olympus, Olympus, and he falls and becomes blind, um, landing upon a blackberry bush. Um, which is his punishment for trying to take the power of the gods. Hmm. can also symbolize arrogance. Um, 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 yeah, that's it. 
I don't know what context we're using it. <laughs> we're using it in here, honestly. Blackberry, rosemary. Did you get stuff on rosemary too? <sighs> rosemary. Oh, this is what I liked about rosemary. Mm. Derived from Latin rosmarinus, meaning dew of the sea. Mm. Um, uh, Elizabeth Kent. Elizabeth Kent noted in her. Flora Domestica, which I'm assuming is a book from 1823. Uh, the botanical name of this plant is compounded of two Latin words signifying sedu. Um, plant has been used as a signal for a symbol for remembrance. Rosemary is often linked to the Greek goddess Aphrodite, who in some versions of the myth is cloaked in the herb at the time of her birth. Mm. Um, hey, Aphrodite. Yeah. And her birth with sawdust and diamonds. seashell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of beauty, fertility, and love, was born from the foam of the sea after the Titan Kronos cut off his father Orianos's penis and threw it into the sea. She then arrived ashore on a seashell as Botticelli infamously painted in The Birth of Venus, mm. her Roman goddess counterpart. Um, we have another birth on the shore. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's all I had for that. I was just like, I don't know. Why are you mentioning these, these things specifically? I mean, yeah, I, I had that question too, and it seems very specific. And in the, like, the, like, thought, I guess, I had on it was just when she's saying it's a beautiful town with the rain coming down, she's, like, acknowledging that there's, like, this beautiful happening despite maybe the rain coming down like even yeah. even though the rain is coming down it's still beautiful so like in, in my head I'm picturing the rain as being sort of like a hardship and then mm -hmm. I was picturing her maybe listing blackberry and rosemary as two additional forms of hardship that there are like in the world still so like I read that blackberry can symbolize like sorrow and that mm -hmm. rosemary can, um, let me just see what I got here, that it uh, has become a symbol of remembrance. And so I was thinking like, those are like, it, whether it's remembrance of the baby that our narrator um, like lost or gave up or whatever in Baby Birch, um, it's like some acknowledgement that there is this that like the world is full of hardship and struggle and pain and yet we can still have Esme. We can still like have this beauty and see the beauty in it. So like I almost in my head, I'm almost replacing the word town with like world. It's a beautiful world. Yeah. Despite this hardship. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense that like, even though I'm delving deep into like, the amazingness that is this birth like don't get me wrong shit's still bad <laughs> yeah. like it's not all roses and flowers and right. lovely lovely times um yeah uh what'd you get for jimmy crack corn <laughs> i don't so i looked up like the history of the song and i don't really understand how it applies here mm-hmm um, okay, so let me just pull up the Wikipedia page so I have some backup here. 
so it's a song that uh, became famous in the 1800s. Jimmy Crackhorn or Blue Tail Fly is an American song which first became popular during the rise of blackface. How do I say this? Ministry? Minstrelsy, I think. Minstrelsy. Yeah. Uh, in the 1840s. Um, and like, okay. So that would be racist shit, right? If it's blackface? So, yeah. Blackface. Very, very racist shit. So the story, as far as I understand it, was that there was an indentured person whose job it was to keep flies off of the master and the horse and then the debate is so it's like is this song historically a song of um pleasure that the master has died or is it like a song of mourning um so in the song the indentured person either intentionally or unintentionally fails to like block these um the blue bottle fly from stinging the horse and the horse bucks the master is thrown off and killed right so then there's a a coroner's jury convened to investigate the master's death um and uh the person is not charged with this death so it's like is the song kind of like um Oh, what note did I have here? Uh, The debate is over the subtext. So is the singer of the song mournful and despondent at the master's death? Or is it that like, um, this is like a celebration Mm. of a slight win um, in these like awful um, indentured times? Okay, um, but okay, no, your explanation really helped. So the idea is that uh, the slave owner dies, and there's a debate yes. as to whether the slave, the indentured person, is celebrating that or lamenting that, and even exactly, some debate yeah. over whether he himself caused it um, mm-hmm. uh, on purpose. It's also just like a ridiculous task to assume of someone to give you the job of keeping you safe from these like unavoidable insects. Um, Yeah. So the culpability there is questionable for sure. Um, But how it relates to this song, I don't understand. Okay. So me either at all. Um, The other thing that the only other thing that I read on this Wikipedia entry here is that um, it re- this song regained currency as a folk song in the 1940s at the beginning of the American folk rev- uh, music revival. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I don't know if that has any connection to, um, uh, I mean, that Esme is about writing a song, that that song is sung by someone who's a part of folk revival, at least to some extent, you know, uh, 50, 60 years later. 70 years later yeah um but I always like a broken record 
want to be like, ooh, horses. Like, let me, let me mm. theorize theorize wildly about horses. And so, um, I don't know if we're thinking about the independence of our horse again from no provenance, having sort of just like, um, appeared with no provenance, like this like identity that our narrator has had. Um, sort of come to life out of nowhere um that horse being the cause of the master's death like somehow makes me think of like I don't know of like the death of maybe the relationship or um some like prevailing of the horse though like the horse gets rid of this um uh rider I don't know I, I'm not really sure but Maybe there's some connection there, or maybe not. I don't know. I do like the connection to horses in general, um, especially because we talked endlessly about Black Bess and Dick Turpin. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, how the specific song applies to... Esme, I don't get. And maybe it's because, like, this wasn't really something I sang as a kid. Like, this wasn't a song. Did you? Was this something that, like, um, is it the same, was like, played? Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. Jimmy yeah. Corn and I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I somehow know that tune. I don't know from where. And I only know that one line. Yeah. Probably from yes. No. <laughs> in reading the lyrics, I didn't recognize any of the rest of it. Yeah. And, like, I'm at a loss for this one because I do believe that it was intentionally placed. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. that she would throw in the name of a specific song if it didn't have some kind of meaning, meaning, but where that comes in, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, other... like it could be some, something to do with guilt, something to do with like, maybe like the culpability of, the actions in baby birch and like i don't know yeah and like also it could just be so like it is in <laughs> it's weirdly it appears in the list along with blackberry and rosemary right blackberry rosemary Jimmy yeah Cameron. so like it yeah maybe it's just another sort of symbol of like hardship that exists in the world so whether the hardship refers to like the fucking slavery that is just a part of the song. Mm -hmm. um, whether that refers to like death and like perhaps mourning of death too depends on, depending on your interpretation of the song. Um, uh, maybe like just like sorrow in general. Um, and then maybe if, if the song is about like triumph too, like the um, endangered person triumphing, um, then maybe like that that's all encompassed in like this experience of life. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It also just, it's like a distinctly uh, an American song. Yes. Maybe that's important. Yeah. I also see that uh, other suppositions include that cracking or cracking corn refer to the now obsolete English and Appalachian slang, meaning to gossip or to sit around chatting. Hmm. Um, Oh, there's also a reference to liquor. 
The chorus can be mystifying to modern listeners, but its straightforward meaning is that someone is milling or cracking the old master's corn in preparation for turning it into hominy or liquor. Mm, interesting. Which, like, aligns with uh, have one on me in general and a lot of the, like, mentions of... <sighs> drinking throughout the album but i don't know i don't fucking know either i would love to ask her about this one because i don't and if anyone has ideas uh please share them because i spent a lot of time kind of looking at this and trying to make it fit but i don't know how yeah i don't know how either um okay run of the place running around kindness abound Uh, I I thought just what you said that like if you have a toddler in your house (laughs) they very much have the run of the place Um, and I think run of the place is also used in like um, there are so many people surrounding this child that love them and adore them and are giving them so much attention that they just have everyone kind of wrapped wrapped around their finger yeah and in that context, the narrator seems to be like, and oh my God, I hope it's just kindness, like overflowing kindness. And that's what your experience of this life is. Like, I don't wish any hardship on you. Just, I want your life to be filled with kindness. Yeah. All the good things. Sweet. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for that. Don't think I do either. Okay, Uh, then she sings. In this hour of our lives, dash, hour of effortless plenty, dash, how do we know which parts of our hearts want what with such base generosity? Question mark. I don't know what to say about this verse. (laughs) Okay. I was only thinking that, like, it's interesting that we, we, that the narrator um, kind of codifies the amount of time as, you know, an hour is a pretty short amount of time. Um, I feel like it's kind of referencing how short and sweet this, like, very innocent um, part of having a child is. Um, and how quickly that passes, mm. um, effortless plenty, I feel like just references kindness abounds. Like it's easy to be kind. It's easy to love mm-hmm. when, when, you know, things are so sweet. Um, how do we know which part of our hearts want what with such base generosity? It's like hard to know what to do or how to feel when, everything feels so full and big and open. Um, Yeah. I don't know beyond that. I don't, I don't know. So one of the first questions (laughs) I have, I I just like, I really don't know. Um, One of the first questions I had is like, why, um, why she's using the adjective here of base to, to, to describe the generosity 
because mm-hmm. the way that I understand using the adjective base is like base is like unscrupulous, right? Like doing something without morals or without like moral, you know, principles guiding your action. And <clears throat> to describe generosity that way seems sort of like oxymoronic. Like um, it seems as though if you're being generous, then you're not being base about it. But maybe it's saying something like the generosity just comes. Like I'm not doing it because it's the morally right thing to do. I'm doing it because like that's what's genuinely in my heart. Right. So Mm -hmm. not through moral conviction or like for the right reasons or whatever. It's just kindness is overflowing like from everywhere. Yeah, that was the vibe that I got. And like, especially if you're surrounded by a community that is so full of love and interest and support of this, this little family, um, that the baseline would just be love Mm -hmm. and affection and generosity. And it would be hard not to like get swept up in that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And then the other like main question I had is that like, why is she asking this question? Why does she need to know which parts of our hearts want what? Like, what, what is that even asking exactly? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about it in terms of baby Birch again and like mm. uh, asking the question of like, how do you know when the right time for this is? How do you know, like, I see. Yeah. if you even want this or not, when... Um, especially when you're surrounded by so much love for this other child. Like, how do you clarify for your own self if this is something you want or not when you're so deep in it? And it would be like, for me, very easy to say yes. Like, you know, when you spend a lot of time around sweet little babies, (laughs) um, it's really hard to be like, no (laughs) like because it's such an easy thing to say yes to in the moment when practically it doesn't make a lot of sense right uh no that makes that actually that helps a lot sam that explanation like yeah there's a part of my heart that wants all of this there's also a part of my heart that like knows that i can't do that right now at least and yeah right when when such generosity and kindness is overflowing and that's what you're exposed to it's very easy to only see that life and that consideration yeah okay and like to again only my perspective to see it as like a very easy thing to do yeah that you know with the support of this community if you assume that lasts forever that like it would be easy to step into that role but um, that it would also be confusing. Right. It's an hour of effortless plenty. And we know that not all of our hours are hours of effortless yeah. plenty. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them are effortful and some of them are mm-hmm. lacking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That helps. I don't know. That was what I took from that. Yeah. Especially coming from Baby Birch when this was a really, 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 really hard thing. Um, and then being surrounded with the opposite of that, um, yeah, would bring up some questions, I think. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Then she sings. We are just zooming through this year. Zooming right wow. through. <laughs> then she sings. Taking so many photographs. So amazed. We've never seen a baby so newly born. And when the bulbs do flash as bright as morning, the crowd keeps on gathering like an electric storm. Mm. And this is just like very sweet. It's just so like, sweet. Right? Like, of course you take a zillion pictures of this new thing that's so incredible and so innocent and so right feeling. Um, and I love the description of the crowd keeps on gathering like an electric storm. Like people just can't stop themselves from coming around and, and like, like wanting to get a little bit of that goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's like in need of this like revitalization. Yeah. And it's just so candid to describe like, like we're taking so many photographs and then she has like a dash so amazed exclamation mark dash yeah like she like it's just so candid to be like we're just so enthralled with this little baby um and then also i'm picturing like the electric storm of the crowd being like lighting up in the way that lightning would light uh up a storm like this crowd is i'm like buzzing with like energy too like yeah exactly and, like, the image I get, to is just, like, this little baby laying on the floor, laying in a crib, and everyone just being, like, <gasps> constantly, like, wow. It sounds <laughs> exhausting know? for the mama. <laughs> it sounds exhausting for the baby, it too. Like, the baby. baby's just existing, <laughs> not doing anything. Yeah. Also, I yeah. love the reference to morning here. Like, the bulbs do flash as light as morning, mm-hmm. where... I don't, or sorry, as bright as morning. Um, just like in contrast to, you know, the darkness that we had mentioned during one of our episodes on Soft as Chalk, just like how frequently she's describing the night as being something she needs to like get through and this heavy shit and yeah. this scary shit. And there is at least some comparison to morning here, again, having to do with the baby. Yeah, and I think we could make the same wordplay we did on M O U R N and m-o-r-n morning and morning um yeah just very sweet it's a very sweet verse a very sweet song and i will say again like as with so many of these things there's nothing on genius um to kind of support our arguments (laughs) here and i want to assume (laughs) it's just because like we you can argue with me about this for sure we can take as face value that this is just like a joyful hour um of effortless plenty mm-hmm. right like it's it's okay to just enjoy that for a second mm-hmm. yeah there's very little on genius um <laughs> Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the verses, like you and I were talking, Sam, we're just like, I don't know. It's like saying it. It's like giving us what we need. Which is so rare. Yeah, it is very rare. And her music, right? Like, especially coming off of um, Soft. Go Long yeah. and Have One On Me, where I felt overwhelmed with research yes. and possibilities and angles and details. Um 
it is just really cool to, for a minute, feel like, okay, I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, we still get like confusing Jimmy Crap Corn references that we're not totally yeah. confident about, but we also get verses where it's just like, look, we're so amazed. And like, that is what there is to this verse. Uh, we're so amazed. We've never seen a baby so newly born. I did just notice on Genius that like the main description is Esme is about the birth and growing up of a young child close to Joanna and dealing with her own miscarriage, which is not something <laughs> that I ever considered um, aside from like the context of baby birth and it's not something we're going to dive into here. Wait, because what is the part you haven't considered? The dealing with her own miscarriage? I think that's a person who's writing based on the assumption that baby birch is about a miscarriage okay i, I okay. think otherwise i have no okay. idea <laughs> yeah i don't mean to sound overly dismissive but i uh, i don't know i used to love genius i really did but there's just so many really confident people asserting their theories <laughs> as fact and then like spreading that one theory throughout all of the analyses but it can be a very useful resource to be positive yes. about it yeah, I like it as a base to build off of, yeah. but like, you know, it doesn't often anymore give us very much. Yeah. So I think it's That's really okay. helpful for divers entries actually. There's like so many references oh, cool. to like weird obscure shit that I just fucking never would have known. So I know that we're awesome. gonna rely upon it then. I've listened to divers so much all week. I'm so excited. Um, I know. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh my god, we're almost there, kinda. Okay, that's yeah. okay. I'm not ready to let go of this album yet. <laughs> okay. I'm not ready. Very fair. I'm also just not ready to approach, like, does not suffice. Oh, at all. I know. Me either. That will be a really hard one. Also, Kingfisher's coming, yeah. and I'm terrified of that I know. song. Okay. Yeah. All right. Present moment. We can do this. Okay. Uh, next verse. Next verse. Go ahead. She sings. Oh, it's my favorite verse. Cool. Uh, she sings. The phantom of love moves among us at will. Each phantom limb lost has got an angel. And then open parentheses. So confused, like the wagging bobbed tail of a bulldog. Close parentheses, colon. Kindness, kindness prevails. This phantom limb oh. reference is really, really cool. Um, is really interesting. So... Um, a phantom limb, limb defined is just feeling something that's no longer there and like feeling the pain for the loss of that. Um, and so my, uh, I think obvious reference to that is just baby birch, like feeling, feeling the loss of that. Yes. Um, little runaway bunny. Yeah. Um, and like the experience of, Esme um, kind of triggering that that feeling of pain again and it's not necessarily something that's like awful and bad but it, I think it is something that's hard and just like you know the feeling you get is just like a like a wince yeah at like um, yeah the physical manifestation of that pain again yeah um, uh, I mean I, yeah I feel that wince and I love the um, like metaphor of just using like what phantom limbs are in life yeah. with this like phantom limb of your loss. Uh, it's just like really touching, but 
also it's this new way of looking at that loss in describing it as having an angel like having a I don't know like a just a nicer part like a part that will stay with you maybe um a part that isn't just wholly terrible and sad like there's this I don't know calming reassuring part of it maybe yeah very much so and something that's light too like something I think of angels as like that bright white light in the halo and whatever stereotypical art (laughs) representation I have of that in my mind but like very much something like you said that is like not so heavy and dark and awful but is like um a little bit more comforting yeah I also like the u- the the double use of phantom here. So we have the phantom mm. of love, like this ghost of love uh, moves among us at will. And then each phantom limb lost. So like the connecting of the phantom uh, limb with the phantom of love is interesting and might just might just um, sort of further emphasize that baby birch connection where like the product of love was this phantom limb. Also, the idea that the phantom of love has its own will. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, It does what it wants to do. The ghost of love, too. Not just love. It's like the, what, the effects of love or something. Yeah. That there's no, like... Um, control over it that it's just kind of something that breezes through um, that you can't you can't really get a hold of yeah but yeah the ghost of love moves among us at will sorry I'm just like Mm -hmm. I'm stuck on trying to make sense it's not that love moves among us at will it's that like what was love but is now dead the the ghost of love moves among us i wonder if it's like the memories of that um oh my goodness my cat just stretched so cute (laughs) jeez um yeah and that like because it's something that was there because it's a fandom that like it's like that wince of pain um in my interpretation that like you can suddenly snap back into it and then snap out of it quickly maybe i don't know that makes sense also sorry now i'm like i've gotten myself into a confused headspace like Mm -hmm. like the wagging tail of a bulldog um yeah (laughs) uh where she's saying now each phantom limb lost so at first i was imagining just like the limb that was lost as having an angel but the phantom mm-hmm. limb if you lose a phantom limb then you're losing the experience of feeling like you have the limb not the mm-hmm. limb itself do you know what i mean i imagine the phantom of love as a whole body and then the phantom limb as a part of that um so like mm. oh god okay if <laughs> if the love was a full experience. You're losing a part of that. I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is how I understood it. Right. Um, 
I can tell right now that I've gotten myself into a headspace where like I can't move past this and I'm not gonna be able to help myself so I'm just I mean that's fine I'm just gonna go I'm like let it go and uh unless you have other theories you want to talk about the wagging bobbed tail of a bulldog well I don't have much to say other than that I just get this image of this like little excited like yeah bum bum shaking (laughs) it's just such a cute little image for her to like make us think of but yeah like this little like uh and like to describe that motion as confused is super cute because like you'd imagine that there would be a longer tail there right but it's a bobbed tail it's a little nubby tail sort of wagging about i don't know um i'll remind us of nyla's email again where they said uh, in live performances, sometimes she'll sing the wagging ghost tale of a bulldog, which is really kind of funny and lovely yeah. in reference to Phantom Limb. Yeah. Um, like you said, that like that tail should be wagging, yeah. but it doesn't exist instead of the wagging bobbed tail. Yeah, right. Um, and again, Nyla had said, I find it interesting that one focuses on what's been removed and one focused on what remains, and maybe not even removed. Um maybe more like what has never been. Yeah, right. Um, That's a good way of putting it. But what you can imagine. Yeah, but a lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, But thanks again for that, Nyla. I really like that a lot. I like that too. Thank you. Also, like the tail either way is wagging though. Like there is like, she's confused, but it's not a dark confusion. It's like a little puppy tail confusion. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. And I also like that like, that wagging tail is kind of vacillating between two things. Mm. Like um, it's moving back and forth in my imagination real quick. Um, I'd like, I kind of feel like our narrator is in this song, like things are good. Oh, but they're still bad, yeah. but they're really cool. <laughs> they're really good. I'm saying cool too much. Uh, um, I didn't notice. Both um, of us are just doing this little like motion with our heads yeah. right now. We're being little <laughs> Uh, Bob's tail. Little dog butts. Yeah, little dog butts. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I have for that verse. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's your turn. Uh, I don't think so. But okay. I can do it if you want. Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. So she sings. Kindness prevails. Ties and rails. Ties and rails fall into line. Bearing kindness. Where will you go if not here? What will you say when you write to us? Question mark. Another question. Another couple questions. questions, yeah. And I didn't know if this is the narrator asking themselves these questions. If we're asking them to Esme. Um, Yeah. Or, or both the, on that theory that the narrator is sort of yeah. seeing herself in this baby. It could be both. Yep. Could very well be both. And literally the only note that I have for this is like the ties and rails, which I'm assuming reference like a track, like a road path, track. a railroad track. Um, they're falling into line. They're like leading us out of the darkness on like a kinder path. The ties and rails are falling into line, bearing kindness. Um, 
kind of giving us an out from the the bad bad stuff <laughs> from the rest of the album. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know. So I had to look up ties and rails because I had no idea what mm-hmm. she was talking about. But but so because I can't draw this for you guys, I'm just gonna explain with my words. Try to explain. Um. Like, if you're drawing a railroad track, you're going to draw, like, the main straight lines, right, Uh, that sort of denote, like, where the track takes you. But then you're also going to draw, like, little horizontal lines connecting the two parallel lines that you've drawn. Um, And those little horizontal lines are the ties, apparently. So the rails are, like, the long, long ones. The ties are the little guys that are connecting each of them. So just to form, like, a railroad track. That's at least my understanding. So yep. when she's describing them as, like, these things fall into line. I don't know if this is just me being uh, the way that I am. But I can't help but get some sort of determinism vibes here. With, like, our path falls into line, like, she doesn't say, like, regardless of, like, the choices that we think that we're making or anything. But, like, you know, what happens happens and, like, that's going to happen. But, like, the load, like, us on those tracks, like, the, the train that is going to go on this like preset railroad track um like right now at least she's seeing that as as being filled with kindness again um but i can't get i can't help but get a predetermined vibe yep i mean you would be the one to speak (laughs) sure would i sure would (laughs) um and I don't have an answer to these questions. Where will you go if not here? What will you say when you write to us? I. Um, is it like, what will Esme say when they grow up and write to us about their experience <laughs> as part of this community? Is it like, um, I mean, where will you go if not here is a great question. Um, is it a question like from fear like I want you to stay or is it a question just more like of potential like look there's like a whole world yeah I like the potential one better me too (laughs) what will you say when you write to us I'm like when you've gone when you've taken one of these potential paths um, what will you decide to tell us yeah of the world you're experiencing, what will stick out to you? Yeah. I, I love the acknowledgement sort of implicit in this, that, that things are going to change. Right. So that like one day you're not going to be wherever here is. And one day you're not going to be like next to us. Right. You're going to be writing from some other place. Um, and so it's like, things are going to change. Like speaking back to the impermanence of the tents from that Sam had mentioned before, like things are not always going to be this hour of plenty, but like we can see the potential in that still. 
Yeah. Yeah, even if it's not plentiful, like even if our our bucket isn't overflowing, there's still something in it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. La prochaine. What? <laughs> ouais. Um and then she sings. And this is a world of terrible hardship everywhere. And I search for words to set you at ease. But there in the looking glass, a kite is soaring, stilling my warring heart and my trembling knees. It's sweet. God damn it. It is very sweet. Um, So we already mentioned kind of like the uh, Alice in the Looking Glass, Alice in Wonderland. Um, possible connection, I think, um, specifically to um, Telgy Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about that, and in California too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I have a question. I think the f- yeah. sorry, a looking glass no. is just a mirror, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Old timey word for mirror. Right. Sorry, I interrupted you. Though you said, I think. Um, oh, I was just going to say, I think that like the first line here is lines here are pretty straightforward. <laughs> this is a world of terrible hardship everywhere. I do not disagree with that at all. But I love the I mentioning of it though. Like it really, yeah, it really drives home what we've been saying that she's not delusional here. She's not just being yeah. like manic and looking at the, like thinking, thinking wrongfully that everything is just what's the term butterfly rainbows and butterflies yeah i was gonna say peachy yeah exactly she's not just like being ridiculous she's like very much acknowledging nope this is a shitty place this is a really hard world to be in um so it makes it it makes us get the impression that like we shouldn't just be worried about our narrator focusing on like good stuff and being about to crash like she's grounded in her it's like a, a genuine optimism or a genuine way forward that she's getting which is even nicer and like what an impossible task to try and explain to someone new to this earth how to balance that like I search for words to set you at ease is so relatable because like how besides listening to her music like how do you explain to someone that yes it is awful it is terrible it is bad 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 but there's also some goodness that makes it worth it yes like how do you say that how do you say that simply uh, I, don't, I don't know I don't know either or even to describe the fact that there is terrible hardship in this world in a way that doesn't seem so divorced from like your experience as a person like to someone Mm -hmm. who hasn't yet had to endure that to be like oh yeah like you're gonna deal with some excruciating pain in your life you are uh like you as someone who has it really lucky you know presumably yeah um are gonna have to deal with a bunch of terrible hardship and like what do you say like, given that terrible fact, it's so hard to to be like, yeah, but there's, like, 
joy that somehow makes that worth it. Like that's a very hard thing to explain. And how do you teach someone to look for that joy? Like how do you teach not only like the coping skills to trudge through the terrible hardship, but also like the ability to look for more than that. That's like an impossible question. Yeah. Like without, without invalidating that pain in the first place, because like, no, that's real. Like that is shitty, shitty shit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that like in the mirror, uh, in the mirror, she sees a kite soaring. Yeah. It makes me think of in California, in that we're in like maybe in the car again and like we're seeing something behind us like um because if it's a mirror it's not ahead of us right like it would have to be over your shoulder in some way (sighs) right right and the symbolism of the kite i don't understand i was like oh flying a kite yeah flying a kite that's what i got to but yeah Um, but like I didn't see anything in those lyrics either that really like stood out to me as super applicable. So I I'm totally guessing here, but the the sort of connection that I made between that song and this image is just that my like very uninformed interpretation of flying a kite um, is that she's sort of it's like a way, it's like a fun activity to do, like a way to enjoy life, I guess. It's just like, despite everything, like I can just fly this kite and um, sort of experience this like childlike wonder um, despite everything. And so like applying that to Esme, like there's just, there's this, this way of, exper- of letting it all go. There's this way of experiencing this like childlike joy and that is soothing to me. It's like a way of dropping the burden of the rest of it, just even if just for a bit. Um, and that lightness too is like symbolized in the kite, just sort of like up there, um, not being weighed down yeah. by everything. Yeah, I really like that, that it's like kind of an antidote to like the anxiety of trying to uh, explain the terrible hardship in like a palatable way um and that like that anxiety is manifested in the warring heart and the trembling knees and i must i really like the connection you made from um the jd salinger story um to the warring heart Mm -hmm. but also that it would be like your heart trying to figure out um how to balance that terrible hardship and um you know, the beauty and all of it yeah. too, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, cause she's not saying that it, um, like the way that it stills her heart is sort of unclear. Like it could be that one side wins, like the side that's fighting for joy or whatever wins, but it could also just be like, shh, 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 we don't need to think about that right now. Like, let's just fly this guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that could also be what, our narrator is telling Esme, like all of this stuff is happening, but here's like a tool that I can offer to you. Like if you keep either like the actual act of kite flying in your toolbox, like when you need it, you can pull that out or even just keep it in mind that like 
um, joy can be found in this simple, simple thing, simple act. Now that I think about it, I'm wondering if they're, they're in the looking glass, meaning like Esme, when you look in the looking glass, like a kite is soaring and like the kite is you, like you are the embodiment of Mm. that lightness and that hope. And like, that's what you bring to me. I don't know. I like that too. Oh, while I think of it right now, sorry. I just, actually, no, sorry. Do you have more things to say about this verse? I don't know. While I think of it now, I just, I had meant to say with the very first verse that the reference to God, the fearing God, like a mistress part, Mm. um, that I thought it was interesting that in soft as chalk, we had sort of this, at least on like some of the shit that we were talking about based on some of the shit we were talking about. There was this like sort of like disavowing of God or like, you know, talking about him as a character and being like, who's there? Like no one's fucking there. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought it was interesting here that like maybe now we get God as a potential again. Like she's not so dismissive of the potential of an uncapitalized God existing yeah i like sorry. that i just had meant to say that two hours ago <laughs> no sorry is necessary <laughs> okay she then sings clean as a breeze bright as the day colon all of the people gather to say colon sweet as may sweet as a may oh 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 <laughs> yeah Again. Like, what are we going to say? Yeah. She got it. (laughs) She got it. (laughs) She said it. Uh, The only note I have is in, like, and this is only because I watched, like, a sci-fi series (laughs) recently where, like, if you sinned, these, like, licorice-looking monsters would come and suck your soul to hell. Um, And the only... Um, you would get like a, uh, what did they call it? Like a warning, this like ghost thing is terrible, (laughs) terrible reference. This ghost thing would appear and be like, you are going to hell in five days, four hours and three minutes. And then like, you know, it became like a thing to watch people go to hell. And then the only thing the only person that received this proclamation but survived was a baby because babies are free of sin. And that's how like people understood that like, Oh, we can, we can like, um, I don't know, find a way to beat these monsters, whatever. Um, but clean and bright just made me think that like, yes, this baby (laughs) arrives with like no sin with no like preconception of anything. Um, Yeah. What do you watch? This is that sounds like a bunch of crazy show. Uh, I can find the name, but it's like you know, I watch whatever uh, dramatic sci-fi I can when I'm not working or in school. You're so fascinating. It's my favorite (laughs) because it's like so ridiculous. I love things that are like so cheesy and awfully not awfully acted, but like. The premise is so ridiculous <laughs> that it could never happen. Um. Uh, I love that about you. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Pick 
picturing these licorice monsters with like timers. Oh, it's called Hellbound. <laughs> How apt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, very violent though. Can't say I recommend okay. it, but I loved right. it. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Wow. Yeah, on you know my scale of <laughs> things that are great and distracting you <laughs> from the real world. But yeah, like clean and bright, and just everything is happy and like clean as a breeze. I don't think of breezes as particularly clean, but they are sort of like refreshing, right? Like they are like this, like I don't know crisp clean I don't know yeah I mean it made me think of the weather here right now like it's unseasonably cold in Vancouver right now and we have a couple feet of snow which is like since I've lived here has never happened and I said to Nikki like it's so different than the usual winter here because the air is so crisp and so clean and so fresh and so it's really nice to walk around and have like a clear sky and sun and like the crunch of the snow mm. under your feet. And like, it feels so nice in your lungs compared to like the usual wet, like murky, heavy, cloudy, um, kind of like moldy ass air <laughs> that I'm used to breathing. So it was really nice to go and do things today. That um, sounds... And that's what it made me think of. Yeah, that sounds so nice and refreshing and renewing. Yeah, so much nicer than, like, the um, omnipresent doom <laughs> that winter usually is here. Um, okay. Oh, also, I was just going to say, the now she's describing, so before she said um, bright as, I think, the morning, uh, when she was talking about the mm. bulbs flashing, um, yeah. bright as morning, and now she's saying bright as the day. So I don't know. I have nothing to say other than, hey, two things that are sort of the same. Um, maybe it's like, hey, morning and daytime are both bright and only night is not. I don't know. It's stupid. And it's it's a cool shift from that day to night again because we spent so long um, in the night with our narrator. So long in the night with our narrator. Um, okay. Should we do the last verse? What is effectively the last verse? Because the actual last verse is just sweet as may. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, sorry. I just Googled Hellbound and realized that the director is the same director of Train to Busan, which is also an incredible distraction horror What's film. it called? It's like a zombie. Train to Busan. Okay. It's, like a, it's like a zombie one. Yeah. That happens on a train. I bet some of our also listeners great. will be with you on this. <laughs> I bet someone. <laughs> write us. Write us if you agree with Sam. Uh, Man. Do you think I would like it? Train to Busan? Do you like violence and zombies? No and no. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but like I love The Sopranos. So like there's some level of violence I can tolerate. But it's different. And I love Squid Game. Even though that was super violent. I mean, give it a try. Let me know. I would go, if you're not so into the violence, I would go more into like the K drama and do, um, you know, you started watching I did it. Start, yeah. um, 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 uh, it's okay to not be okay. What was okay? the series you started? It's okay not, not to be okay. okay was fantastic. But then the one with the same actress where she's in a cult. I don't know. She's so beautiful. I'll watch anything just oh to my God. For, for hours. She's so pretty. 
She's in a cult, though. That sounds interesting. The one where she's in a cult is really, really good. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm sure people are yelling it. Um, um, okay, but yes. Yes. We can go to the... Oh, the second last verse, but which is going to be the last one. Okay. Yes. Which is like, wow, we are... Two hours and 11 minutes in. Which, I mean, that's sort of longer than I thought. It's a good two episodes. But it yeah. is short given how many verses there are. Like, it's not a short song. Where does Sweet Pad It's not. I think it's like seven minutes and something seconds. Save Me is the one where she's in a ah, cult. Save Sorry. Me. Save her. <laughs> save me. <laughs> save me. Um, okay. Okay. And she sings. I believe love will always surround you. Brave as a bear with a heart rare and true. But if you are scared, if you are blue, I have prepared the small song for you. Sweet as a may. As a may. Sweet as may. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And she repeats, sweet as may, sweet as may, oh, 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 a few oh, times. Man. It's one of only, like, less than a handful of times where our narrator speaks directly to someone, right? Like, I have prepared this small song for you, um... I think she says, like, you a lot. I think that she says I a lot. But I don't think that she's so literal and in saying, mm -hmm. look at this thing that I am, like, currently singing. This is for you. Like, it's so just the awareness of that this is a song. Yeah. We've said that a couple times throughout this album, but it still is rare. Um, I mean, I obviously want to draw a reference to Bear of Monkey yeah. and Bear. And that, like, Bear was brave enough to leave Monkey and go spelunking <sighs> down in those caves and, like, make this impossible choice to leave everything you've ever known. And, again, we don't know the ending of that story. We assumed, I think in our analysis, that it was not necessarily a happy one. But regardless, it is still a brave choice. Yes. Bear is still brave. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> very much yes um we talked last time about the blessing all the birds entry um on bears in um in our discussion of softest chalk um so i'll link to that again in the show notes um because it's interesting but just uh melissa martirano's analysis of how bears uh for joanna throughout her corpus symbolize like yeah bravery and courage but also like femininity which we haven't really touched on much on this song but i think it's um at least there to this extent right she's talking to this little baby girl um at least i'm assuming because of the name um but yeah it's like the fucking sweetest imagery in the world brave as a bear with a heart rare and true and I believe love will always surround you. Like, what a magical oh, thing. It's so nice. What a beautiful idea. Ugh. It's so sweet. 
It is. Like, imagine being a person, being the person about whom this song was written, or, like, for whom this song was written. Like, that would be such a comforting little fucking thing to go back to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. If you were scared, if you were blue. I have nothing to say uh, about this verse. It's just super fucking (laughs) sweet. That's the end for me. It is. And it really, like, regardless regardless if Esme is a real person or not, um, like, it's something we can all, in the cheesiest way, like, carry with yeah. us. Um, and get comfort from. and Yeah, exactly. Mm. Nicely done, Joanna. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we needed that reprieve. We did. And it truly is a reprieve because, like, we're diving back into Autumn next, which is not what I would describe as a joyful song. Uh, uh, I also <laughs> would not describe it is a joyful song. It's going to be a really fun yes. one um, to analyze, I think. Man, Autumn um, is so underrated. People like consistently agreed. list it as like the least favorite, their least favorite song off of Have One On Me. And like, I don't know what the correct answer to that is, but like Autumn should not be it. It's so good. Man, in a row of silent dove yes. gray days. Oh my God. Me. Kills yes, me. Yes, Sam. I could not agree with you more. Holy shit. And when you speak of my pleasure seeking. Oh. Whew. I was going to get that tattooed on me for forever. I mean, still might. You were going to get I which? I laugh when you speak of my pleasure seeking. Because mm. it's so, okay, whatever. We can talk to it when we get to autumn. But it's so <laughs> fucking moving. <laughs> I love oh, that song. And we're going to talk about birds more in that song which i'm excited about i just listened to this and i'm sure i'll talk about it again but this podcast uh blue 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 it was a this american life Mm. episode um called spark bird and i talked to someone about it in the instagram dms as well but a spark bird the concept of a spark bird is like for bird watchers like the bird that sparked your interest uh, in bird watching that like sparked your obsession with birds and the question that i had maybe before we get to kingfisher was what do you think joanna's spark bird was (sighs) and i don't have an answer but i'm so curious i don't either but i'm so curious listeners we need your help what was joanna's spark Mm -hmm. bird what do you think it could have been wow that's a really interesting question It was a really, uh, okay, the first, like, 10 minutes of that episode were really, really cool um, because it, like, profiles the um, the spark bird, like, how the, the, the initial, like, This American Life usually does, like, a few different stories. The first story of this young kid who got into birding, um, and then the other stories were fine, but unrelated uh, to <laughs> my interest which was what spark joanna Sparkbird might be uh, how is this american life recently by the way is it uh good so it's like a lot of my favorite podcasts where when i don't even want to say it when covid hit and everything started going to shit too many episodes yes. focused on narratives around yeah. that so i haven't really listen to it very much i listened to that episode while i was playing the sims um so it was more of a background except for the first few minutes but 
that was literally the exact reason I stopped listening to it too. I was like, I, I am listening to podcasts right now for an escape from these yeah. narratives. Like I don't, I am so not emotionally ready to like invest myself in just more and more and more of those narratives. It was just really exhausting. Yeah. And even just anything heavy, yeah. I still can't yeah. do. Like, that's why I love sci-fi, Korean yeah. sci-fi drama so much right now. Because, like, take me to space. Tell me about the creatures in space and the licorice monsters sucking me to hell. <laughs> I would so much rather think about uh, these less likely things yes. than what the fuck is actually happening. Yeah. Even, um, so Sam had recommended to me a uh, David Chang interview with Mark mm-hmm. Marin, and I listened to that. Oh, yeah. It was a really good interview, I thought, but even that was, like, heavy. Like, it was pushing my mm-hmm. boundaries for, like, what heaviness level I am prepared for. Um, just because there was a lot of talk about, like, depression and, like, you know, tr- family trauma and stuff. And uh, I thought it was a really good interview, yeah. though, so anybody is a fan of david chang go check that out even though love david chang you know that i definitely do know that you (laughs) do love him uh and like the lolita podcast is another one that i've i never got to finish because it is so heavy and it's amazingly done i love it so much but i just can't can't step into anything like that i still intend to eventually i just need some yeah yeah i'm still subscribed i'm still there but like yeah need some some Esme vibes. <laughs> yeah, but that's why this is so fun to do too, because it has nothing to do with anything. Exactly. Okay. Thank you guys. So okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just think for a sec, because last time we did this wrong at my direction. Oh, did we? Yes. The <laughs> intro and the outro. I had like two Oops. kiss await. So let's say goodbye for part two, because this will be two parts. And then mm-hmm. let's say hello for part two and goodbye for part one very stupid and confusing but okay it makes sense when That's i'm at fine. okay so goodbye for part two two yeah goodbye for for part two goodbye for part <laughs> two <laughs> just kidding thank you so much for listening uh we love you all um we have an email address mm-hmm. you can send us whatever you like to that pertains to joanna knew some things or if you just want to chat that's fine you too pick up your dog we're chilling right now yep Pictures of your, if you have like pets or family members that are named Esme or anything related, please send us those. Put them on the Facebook group. That's so sweet. Nikki, I'm assuming we'll put a picture of her. Oh, I sure will. I sure will. Sweet. Um, Our email address is a hopeless endeavor at gmail.com. We have an Instagram you can follow if you want. It is a hopeless endeavor podcast. Sure is. Um, Nikki runs our Facebook group, which is a hopeless endeavor. Joanna needs some podcasts. We also have a Patreon. You guys should check out. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes there. You can find early episode releases and bonus episodes. And if you want, um, or if you have any suggestions, regardless of whether you're a patron or not for additional bonus content, we are, our ears are open. We were talking about a book club. Maybe Sam and I should discuss that further in actual detail. Yeah. In planning detail. But anyways, uh, check that out. Um, we also have a wait do we have anything else I was like what <laughs> no, else do we have I thought that's it you can rate and review oh, us yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want um, that is the other thing that's a thing you can yeah. do but you don't have to it's fine it's okay either way um, alright I think that's all we have <laughs> I think so too for some reason it's hard to remember now it's been a while since we recorded but yeah. anyway thank you guys yeah. so much for listening we hope you enjoyed part 
all the parts of SMA. Two. Yeah. <laughs> part two, all the parts of SMA. We'll be back next week with um, a discussion on autumn. Thank you guys. You're the best. Goodbye. Bye, guys.